Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we got some news to talk about, some rumored rosters dropped again, some MW2 news, uh, some drama in the Legion camp with Clayster. A uh, question we're going to ask Brock if he wants to join a CDL team to win a major next year. And then we're going to do one Mount Rushmore and one little draft at the end of the episode to give us uh, some content here for you guys because it's a pretty slow day of news as you'd expect. So at the end, we are going to build our perfect map and mode series uh, going from hardpoint, S&D, whatever game three map and mode you want to choose, and then another hardpoint, S&D. And then to finish it up, Brock and I are going to do a Call of Duty Guns Mount Rushmore and pick our four favorite guns in another little draft. So going to be a pretty quick one today, but excited to kind of talk some of our favorite maps, modes, guns in Call of Duty, and you guys can get to know more of our favorite things in the competitive Call of Duty world. So if you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe if you're on the audio platforms. Drop that follow. Drop that five-star review. We appreciate all your support, and uh, we've got a, a special episode coming next week. Um, and looking forward to that. Uh, we'll let you know if anything changes, but as of now, um, we've, we've got a pretty special episode planned for next week that I'm excited to get into. So let's jump into this one. Brock, how are you doing today? Oh, doing pretty good. It's fine Monday, I would say, but it is pretty crappy out today. Rain mm-hmm. all day. But other than that, you know, not much Call of Duty news, but yeah. Excited for the season to start here in a couple months. Yeah, it's crazy that I saw the thing on Twitter that was like the six year anniversary of Optic winning mm-hmm. champs. Like, was it yesterday or whatever? And then today is Optic Day. But it is crazy that it's the six year anniversary of Optic winning champs. And we've been sitting here with the season over for like two months now. Um, and mm-hmm. at this time in most years, we would basically around this time, most years, we'd be like preparing for champs. Like this would be the biggest week on our channel. We'd be making our uh, bracket predictions and like roughly this week or next week, this would be like the biggest time for our channel. Typically, like August is a huge month and um, we'd usually be doing champs predictions. And now here we are two months into the off season with another probably th- I mean, three until the game comes out, but probably four until we actually see some matches. It's crazy. This this cannot continue. They need to start the season in December and make it run till August. It needs to just be a longer season. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree with that. Because even if like Call of Duty, even if they were making the best games ever, you're just killing your own momentum. If you know the season starts in January and you're done by June, you're just killing your own momentum if your off season is longer than your actual season. Yeah. Gotta find a way to find the balance or just get more games in. I mean, we're not the NFL where you can go September to February and have millions and millions and millions of people watch because I hate to break it to the CDL, but they're not on the level of the NFL. <laughs> they are definitely not. Not yet, <laughs> at least. <laughs> um, let's talk about some rosters, though. I guess really only one to talk about. We can talk about Clay's thing, but a rumored roster came out. Seattle Surge, this is one that's going to be near and dear to your heart because it has your boy, Arcides, on it. But the rumored roster is uh, Rambo, obviously, as the coach, as we had heard before. And then Arstes, Illy, Hook, and Abuza filling out the roster. So a lot of people were very vocal uh, mm-hmm. on what they thought about this roster. And, you know, I can see where some of the, the issues come from. It is a, a little bit interesting, to say the least, of a roster. So thoughts? Thoughts on this one? Um, Overall, I do... I do like this roster, but they only really have one one sub player, technically, from what we yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like 
I'm torn on it because individually, like if I look at each player without looking at the sum of all the parts, if I look at just each individual player, I like him. Like I think Arcides, did he have a down year? Absolutely. He had probably his worst year as a pro uh, last year, but I still think Arcides in the right system, the right team can be a very good top tier main AR. Um, mm-hmm. Will he be? We don't know yet because we don't know if he'll bounce back or if that's the new norm for him, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that all the good years he's had are more of what he truly is, not just the one bad year he had last year. Um, yeah. And Illy, I also really like everybody knows I'm a big fan of Illy. Hook, once again, probably the top SMG on the market this offseason. If you take away Pred, because Pred basically wasn't a free agent, we all know he was going to Optic. Um, but Hook was one of the top along with like Envoy uh, for yeah. submachine guns in the market. And then Abuza was basically the hottest prospect in the market. So individually, yep. I like all the players. But like like you said, Illy is an AR. Arcides is an AR. Um, Illy more of a flex, I guess. But Illy can't be a full-time SMG. And Abuza is, from what we've heard, an AR. And I thought he was a slower AR, but I could be wrong on that. So it's just, it doesn't seem to fit together all that well because you've got Illy, who's more of an AR flex. Arcides, who's a main, and Abuza, who we've heard is like a flex or main. So somebody's going to have to play a role that isn't their natural role. Yeah. Players are good. It, I don't think it won't fit the system. Unless they yeah. really think Abuza is really can do really good on SMG. That has to be what it is, right? Yeah. Because I don't, I mean, I would hope they aren't trying to convert RCDs, which I, I know they won't be. Mm-hmm. Um, and Illy, I guess, maybe could be their other thought because maybe they believe he could play an SMG. But I, I mean, Illy isn't really like this play heavy player. I'd rather have him um, kind of getting in the mix with an AR and being able to communicate a little more. And yeah. I guess that's got to be what their thought process is. Is Abuza has this disgusting talent and maybe they think like putting him in on an AR is kind of limiting that. And maybe they just want to try to unleash him on a sub. Uh, become the next Hydra because I believe he's a French player. I could be completely wrong, but um, I think he is. Maybe they just see that immense talent that he has, and he's the most talented, mechanically skilled player on their roster. And they're like, let's just try to make this guy a submachine gun because usually your most mechanically skilled, you know, cracked players end up playing the SMG role because it is um, the most impactful role on the map. Yeah, hundred percent. But one thing I do worry about this roster is if they're not playing good. They'd be down bad. <laughs> yeah, you talking just attitude wise and just team chem wise. Yeah, and it seems like when when they're when they when they like kind of struggle, like who will go double neg, RC will triple neg, and you could double neg as well. They'll, they have a, have rough games. This I could see this being a really good online team though, if, like they're in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hook always played really well online this past year. Illy can as well when he was in the Empire team. I feel like RCDs could with the right environment. Yeah. Uh, and I think from what we heard last year, I thought like Abuza's team was really good online and then would struggle a little bit on LAN. Yeah. Could be a really I good mean, online team. Yeah. But like, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. It's just, it's a little wonky. Yeah. And I am like one of the biggest Illy fans out there, but it also is a little bit scary. Always you have to bring it up with Illy because of the way it's been, but his thumb and everything is always a little bit scary. Yeah. Because I'm really hoping he's 100%, but with the history and, you know, the way that those injuries are, they can always, you know, come back around randomly when you least expect it. So I'm really hoping it doesn't, but that always has to be something that's on your radar yeah. when you have Illy. So hopefully it doesn't come around, but it's always something scary there. But I, I like this team in terms of the individual players. I'm just very scared for how it yeah. can work out. Yep. Just same with like just like Ilya, the lingering effect hand could have still from when he heard it. Like we know how good he is, but like we really haven't seen him play since like early Vanguard. I mean, like 
we saw him come back a little bit in late Vanguard, but they basically said he wasn't at all himself. He could barely use that thumb, so it wasn't really Illy. And then we saw him play like a little bit at the beginning of MW2, but then he was benched for the remainder of the year. So we haven't really seen like a full year of a healthy Illy since Cold War, basically. Yeah. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he was healthy in Vanguard, they won it the first major. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing with him is if, if he's on the right team and healthy, he is an excellent player. I just... I don't know if this is the right team, but I, I do see that there is a lot of raw talent. Just a little bit of a confusing role mixture. So we'll see if they can maybe do like a Florida from Vanguard where Florida had some decent placements. And I would say this team is trying to do the Florida 3 hour thing, but with a little more talent. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, they're also trying to go all in on taking advantage of the Optic curse. They have Rambo as the head coach mm. who was just dropped from Optic middle of last year. Illy who was dropped and Hook. All dropped from Optic, so they're going all in to try to take advantage of the Optic curse. They really want that chip. <laughs> they want that to do it. <laughs> they're, they're just sacrificing. They should have signed Ghosty and just gone all in. Yeah. It'd be almost like a guaranteed chip right there. <laughs> yeah, they just bring in Ghosty and you have everybody. Because RCD's technically, if you want to say Huntsman Days, mm-hmm. just screw it. Hook, Illy, Ghosty, RCD's a disgusting roster that would probably not be very good at all in Rambo, but you'd have the full Opticers, everybody in the team. Yeah. Um... That's enough on the surge, though. <laughs> it will be interested to see how they how they play if that is in fact the roster is not technically confirmed yet. Um, yep. MW two news. So this is not news that affects me or really you much, but I do think it is positive news for the game. Um, all bundles, weapons, and operators that you bought in MW two carry over to MW three, and then double XP tokens also convert. So this is a pretty big W. Um, yeah. I've never understood why since we've gone to this universe where like there's cross progression on Warzone and stuff, we couldn't just somehow bring it more into multiplayer and that's what they're doing with this. So the double XP tokens is honestly a big thing for me that I'm excited for because am I probably going to grind pubs for a mastery camo like I used to in the past? Probably not because I just don't get enough and I'm not a pubs anymore. But the fact that all those double XP tokens that I have stashed convert over is going to be really nice. I'll just keep popping double XP tokens when I first play so I can level up and unlock all the guns really fast. Yep. And then I'll pop double weapon XP on the weapons that uh, are like the meta weapons so I can get all the attachments really quick and then use them. So the fact that those convert over is a huge W. And obviously for all those people that buy a lot of skins, it's kind of nice to have your um, weapons and operators and everything transition over and not have to just lose them after one year like you always do. Yeah, feels like just not wasted, wasted money there. They yeah. are bringing them over, which is which is great, which is you like know. something that they should do because, like, with like CS and Valorant, you know, two of CS, especially since it's been around for 20 plus years, and Valorant now for I think five plus at this point or something. Um, yeah. the fact that like if I buy a Vandal skin in Valorant, since you and I have been playing a, a good amount of Valorant lately, um, like if I buy a Vandal skin in Valorant, I have that forever, or mm-hmm. if you get a skin in CS, you get that forever, like. That is something that I think in the long run, not that Activision needs to make any more off microtransactions than they already do, but in the long run, that's something that gets people more enticed to buy things in your game is like, hey, if I'm going to play Call of Duty for the next 15 years and I buy this skin one time in this game, it can carry over. Um, That's a big thing or like more so like operator skins because it's tough with the way Call of Duty makes their game and they release a new game. It's hard for gun skins to carry over game to game because you usually don't have the same gun, obviously. Yeah. 
but like at least for operator skins and stuff like that it's nice if they can carry over from universe to universe so people can always have them and not feel like they wasted money after they bought it and then it goes away mm -hmm. yeah I, if i was a person that bought skins i i would definitely be jumping for joy right now <laughs> yeah um because it it kind of sucks it's like when you play uh, like games like um like sports games ultimate teams and you buy a bunch of stuff and you have like a 99 overall team at the end of the year and ultimate team and then you just have to go to the new game it's kind of like okay that was fun to play that old game but it does kind of suck that any money or anything you poured into those old games just is gone basically at the end of the year yeah you just start all over yeah so it is a w that's that stuff coming over um other mw3 news you mentioned this one to me right as we were about to start so i added it on to our little notes here is i think you said cdl intel tweeted it right uh yeah so CDL Intel tweeted that red dots are apparently like officially back in the game, which we had heard the rumor of and everything. Yeah, I see the tweet here. CDL Intel breaking classic minimap with red dots is returning MW3. That is a, a huge W um, because obviously that is something that makes the competitive scene better. And also, let's not kid ourselves. It makes pubs way better as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. Should have never left. <laughs> no. And once again, we always say we shouldn't celebrate this as much because celebrating things that they took away that they should have never took away and then are just adding back in really shouldn't be like a thing. Um, mm -hmm. You shouldn't have to celebrate those kind of things when they should have always been in there. But hey, we do. We do want to, you know, celebrate the small W's we get with Call of Duty games nowadays. Yeah, literally. We'll take what we get. <laughs> yeah, so that's good to see. Um in some other CDL news, Clayster claims that uh, the Legion offered him a 33% salary reduction and also wanted to add the role of partnerships manager to him uh, as well. And I guess that would mean that he would, you know, hunt for sponsorships for the team. So, like, I don't know if they wanted to get like a Mountain Dew sponsorship or whatever for the Legion, he would go hunt out that. And they said that they would maybe give him like 50% of the, the sponsorship or something, he said. But that's a lot of added responsibility that they want him to go out and hunt sponsorships uh, for a CDL team when they should have a staff doing that, um, like a sales team doing that. So uh, very odd that they wanted to reduce his salary and add more work on. Uh, in theory, the coach apparently refuted the claim, but he wouldn't state what his side was. He's like, I'm just not going to air that out. So yeah. usually when somebody says this isn't true and then when you ask them what actually happened and they just say, ah, I don't want to, you know, air out the dirty laundry. That typically means that probably what the original person said is true. Yeah. So yeah. wild there. Definitely. Definitely. I would not take that. <laughs> Just, yeah, it's not, it's not typically a good situation when you're losing money or getting paid less to do more. It's not typically an ideal thing in any job. Yeah. And just, just from like knowing Clay, I, I really doubt he wants to do that at all. He just wants yeah. to compete at the highest level. <laughs> this dude's over 30 now, still competing. You think he wants to add other responsibilities outside of the game? He's probably trying to do as little as he can, but still compete at this point because he just loves uh, the competition aspect of things. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. And like, yeah, that's wild. You're asking a, a player to add that responsibility onto his plate, but also take less money and... Mm -hmm. Like he mentioned it in the clip that I saw, I think, like he said, if people are giving the Legion or, you know, coming on to sponsor the Legion, they're mostly sponsoring them because of him, because he is the player with a massive following on the team. Uh, outside of like optic teams, he's one of the most followed players and one of the most popular players yeah. uh, and most recognized players. So like he said, it, they're mostly getting partnerships because of him. So 
he should be getting part of that cut anyways, just like all the players should, because they're obviously probably the main reason that the team is getting sponsorships in the first place. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, that is that is some wild stuff though. Um Hixie. Interesting stuff on the timeline. It sounds like he basically tweeted or informed us all that he is not going to be on a team. It's kind of what I took from it, uh, which is very unfortunate. Although I can kind of see how it happened as bad as that sounds. Pixie deserves to be on a roster. Absolutely. But I think you're going to agree with me, but I'll see if you have a different take. So my, my thought on it is, you know, he gets booted from ultra for envoy, which as unfortunate as it is, is like one of the few roster moves that made sense for Ultra because if they wanted to keep somebody of Hixie's play style where he's just going to do all the dirty work, um, there was very few players out there like that. However, Envoy is basically what Hixie was, but with slaying ability. Yep. So it was a no-brainer. And then, like for all the other top teams, like Optic, there was no world where they pick up Hixie because he's a downgrade from their options. Um, as much as I like Hixie, he is nowhere near the ability of Shotzi or Pred. Uh, and then a team like New York, they were not dropping Hydra or Kismet for him. Uh, FaZe, uh, hello, they're not dropping Simpin' Abizi for him. I would hope not. <laughs> yeah, and then um, I'm blanking. Who am I missing for the top teams? Boston. Yeah, I guess Boston would be like five. You're not, you're going to go with the upside there. So like, even the, so the top four teams are filled out. There's nobody that's going to pick up Pixie there. And then from there on out with those top four teams being so stacked, I feel like the logic other teams use, and I'm not saying this is correct or incorrect, but my theory on it is the logic those teams use is we have to go for superstar players or players with really high upside in order to try to catch up to these top teams and make ourselves competitive with them. And they probably thought a role player, dirty work player like Hixie is not the way to get them there. I'm not saying that's the correct way to go about building a team or incorrect or saying I agree or disagree. I'm saying I think most teams that weren't in the top four were like, shoot, these top four teams are stacked. We've got to get a ton of slaying power to be able to keep up. And Hixie just doesn't bring that slaying power. So that's probably what their logic was. Yeah, they're going for the home run hit. And Hixie's just like the very average, but pretty good when the right system player. And I feel like that right system for him is top teams though, right? Yeah. So like he would definitely struggle more on a bottom t- team. Yeah. Like if he doesn't have those players around him, excelling i don't know that he could be as good so like that's why he fits so perfectly on a a team like toronto and they did so well or like if he was slotted in on a team with like stellium draza and a bz like if you slotted hixie in there he'd probably fit really well because he would you know be able to do all the dirty work and have those three slay around him and um you could even slot him in with a team like that current new york team with sky sib and hydra if he like took the kismet role yeah he would fit pretty good in there. But once again, what's the common denominator between all those things? Like simple do dirty work at a much higher slaying efficiency level and just better player. Um, mm-hmm. He's a lot of men for Kismet. He is the same kind of style of player as Kismet where he does a lot of dirty work, but Kismet's just a lot better. So it's like Hixie plugs more into top teams and he can just like fill, fill all the gaps and do all that. But like, I see why teams like Boston are trying to catch up and they go um, with capsital and just, kind of go all in like that uh they go capsule snoopy and just go for the high ceiling because you're trying to catch up to those top four teams and i see where their logic was where they're like hixie's 0.85 isn't going to get it done for us although i will say once again his 0.85 is extremely impactful so i'm not knocking hixie but i'm i'm seeing where the logic the teams probably use come from yeah definitely 
Um, our last question before we get into our our build the series and Call of Duty Guns Mount Rushmore Brock. Ooh, all this right. was posed by I think Jacob Hale. I can't remember who it was, um, but they said you get ten thousand dollars right away. I hand you ten thousand dollars right now, or you get a million dollars if you win a CDL major in the MW three uh, season, and you get to go to any team you want and replace whoever you want. What are you doing? Oh. Honestly, I know what my answer would be, as weird as it sounds, but I, I, I'll hear. I want to hear your answer. My answer would be, I'm going for the home run, one million. So I gotta get get on a CDL team. What team would that be? I'll go Phase. You gotta replace Draza, right? And just go with the trio. As much as I, yeah. Yeah, you almost have yeah. like that has to, if you're going to join, you have to join because that trio is the best. And like you can't replace that that trio gets towards the top every time. So you've got to just, I guess, fill in a mm-hmm. a flex role. Yeah. Probably force Selium go to go back to the flex and just play fast because he's way better than me, and then I just have to play main AR. Yeah. Guys will drop one one point, whatever. I would be dropping a point three, but you know, I'll be getting the hill time. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say neither of us would be able to win a major if we joined a team. <laughs> Although I would say we are probably, I mean, we usually hit the highest rank in ranked play. So we're better than the average Call of Duty player, but that is nowhere near good enough to make it in the CDL. However, my answer honestly might be that I plug in and play. I'm not going to win the million, but if that 10K was bigger, like 10K is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. I would love to just, you know, get handed 10K, but honestly, for how big of a CDL fan I am and everything, I would just rather get plugged in on phase and just spend a year traveling the world and, you know, playing on the main stage and stuff. I think it'd just be fun mm-hmm. to play a full year in competition and just see what it's like because that would be like a dream. So honestly, I would just say, yeah, screw it. Give me the give me the spot. Give me Draza's spot in phase so I can play with the trio um, and go for the million. I'm not going to win it, but I'm doing it for the experience. Uh, the real answer, though, is I'm purely going for money. I'm just taking the 10K. Yeah. Who knows? But I want the experience of playing for a year. Yeah, who knows? You could maybe pull LEG out of Van- Vanguard. Yeah, just get <laughs> so hard carried by Simp and Abizi and Selium. Yeah. But pull out uh, off meta weapon. Yeah. Pull out the Volk. <laughs> yep. That's how you win. <laughs> it would just be so fun to have just a year to compete, though, because like I would get world starred, but I'd be able to hold my own in enough maps where like in Search and Destroy, I think I could do okay. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I would probably drop like, yeah, like you said, like a point four the whole year or something. But just the experience of playing in the CDL all year, if I was undroppable, technically, like they couldn't drop me, um, then it'd be it'd be pretty fun. It'd be really fun to do that. Um, Let's let's move on to our build a perfect map and mode series. I want to end with the, the Mount Rushmore kind of like we did last week, but we're going to build a perfect map and mode series so we're going to go with the format of hardpoint game one s and d game two your choice of map and mode game three but it has to be a map and mode we've played so it has to be like a ctf map we've played in the past an uplink i guess if you want to go blitz it could be blitz uh control unless i'm missing one of the game modes i'm i don't think either of us are going to go all the way back to like domination OG, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to mention it because if you pick it, you're a psychopath. <laughs> I guess that is an option, but like, yeah, so like uplink CTF, uh, control those yeah. game modes, um, and then ended off with a game four hardpoint like usual and a game five S and D. So we'll just do a draft alternating. Um, 
I don't, there's so many maps and modes. I don't really think it matters if we do like a snake draft or somebody gets a double pick. I think we just alternate our picks. Yeah. Um, or just alternate who gets the first pick on each one. Why don't we do that way? Yeah, uh, whatever. We'll just, we'll just go back and forth. How about that? That's easiest. It's not like we're going to like steal each other's maps too much. I don't think. Um, whoever picks first, we'll let you pick first for the series and I'll just pick first for guns or something. Okay. We'll do yeah. it that way because there are some definitely some iconic map and mode combos that'll probably get stolen by whoever gets picked first so you might end up with a better series but we'll let the people decide who listens so it could be from any game but i would say like state specifically what game you're talking because like for maps like raid um that technically came into like multiple years of competitive i guess you would have to say like did you want cold war raid or black ops 2 raid hardpoint because it would change like the guns and you know the speed of the game with the movement of the characters and everything so i guess specifically state the the map and mode in which game you're talking if it's in multiple games. Okay. Ooh. And this is also not, this is a completely, you know, subjective to what you want. This isn't what you think is the actual, like objectively best overall series. You can make it. It is obviously you don't want to just pick probably completely trash maps, but it is what your perfect series would be. What you would like, not, not objectively. Like I'm going to pick raid because it is the best map in call of duty history, which Raid would be picked, but it is exactly what you would like to see. If you, if you were loading up a series, exactly what you want to play. Yeah. Okay. My first pick from... Ooh, I see. All right. My first pick is from Black Ops 4. Hardpoint. Okay. Frequency. Okay, getting mixy right away. Just getting mixy right away. I love it. Keep That's running a good pick. With the, keep on with the steamy, stim shot. Good to go. <laughs> yeah, anything... I mean, you know... Any of you that have been listening long enough, you know there's probably going to be a lot of Black Ops 2, a lot of Black Ops 3, and a lot of Black Ops 4 picked in this series and in guns, because, um, you know, Brock's other favorite Call of Duty is not too like not too much in the competitive space that either of us know about it in MW3, so probably not a lot can be picked from there. Um, yeah, I, and our, I mean, three favorite games for both of us, right up there on the top is Black Ops 2, 3, and 4. Yep. If they're not the top three, they're right up there, so there's going to be a lot of that, and... Um, I respect the frequency first pick. It's probably not a lot of people's first pick because you just don't think of it, but it is a fun mixy map. Um, I have to take my favorite, like maybe my favorite competitive map of all time first, just so you can't steal it on me in map four. I'm starting out with a nice fringe hard point from Black Ops 3. I really love Black Ops 3. Everybody knows I always state it as my favorite game. It's between that and Black Ops 4 and 2, like I just said, those three games. But fringe hard point was always so fun to me. And also... It's an interesting way to start a series because there are some spawn traps and some spawn outs, like some far spawns you can give people that you could roll them and demoralize them in a game one quick. So mm-hmm. I'm going for inch hard point because it is arguably my favorite map of all time for competitive. Okay, okay. I like that. So S and D map two, where are you going? Man. Alright. I'm picking S and uh, Stronghold Black Ops Three S and D. Okay, I like it. Just um, a, optic just a fans just got map. PTSD. <laughs> Besides that, just a solid, <laughs> solid map overall. That is a fun map. the The one bomb site was a little weird. I've so it was so weird on defense though because basically you like moved forward and you could like see both bomb sites. Mm-hmm. Because the one bomb site was in that little bunker on the side, and then one was in that little like front courtyard where the formal and assault one v one happened. Yeah, so it's a weird map, but 
the wall run on the side, the scenery of the map. It, I mean, you could say that for like every Black Ops 3 map, the scenery of the map, the map just looked beautiful. Um, yep. Stronghold S&D, great pick in my mind. One that I would put up there. It's not my favorite S&D map from Black Ops 3. Though. I might have a controversial take on what map I really like on Black Ops 3. Um, All right. For my hard point, though, or my S&D, I was thinking of a few... Uh, I uh, obviously thought of, you know, like a classic raid. That's always a good pick standoff. I'm thinking of those, but I kind of, since you didn't take a Black Ops 2 one, I feel like both of those are really good. I kind of want to save both of those for game five. Because they just fit so well for a game five. And I'm obviously guaranteed one of them because mm-hmm. you only have one S&D pick left. So I think I might save those. Um, thinking of going Black Ops 3, Black Ops 4. Oh, there's not enough Black Ops. Black Ops 4 S&D, there's not like enough maps I really love that I can think of off the rip. I didn't there's hate one. Arsenal. There's one I liked. Yeah, I didn't hate Hacienda. Um, I think I want to go with another Black Ops 3 map, as weird as that sounds. And this is such a weird map that people are not going to like because I don't think they liked it. Actually, no, screw it. I can't give this up. I got to take it because I'm taking a Black Ops 2 map game 5. I'm taking Redwood. <laughs> people hate that map but i absolutely loved it um, that's a solid pick people hate it because all the low wall runs i get it it's cheesy but i dominated on that map i was a walking double digit kills it was like my best map in mode because i was one of those freaks that would hit all the weird wall runs and flank because everybody knows my play style the most similar person i can compare it to is always zuma aggressive sub that flanks a lot and that's kind of my play style and i was hitting wall run pinches and getting double digit kills and that game mode has one of my favorite, or that map and mode combo is one of my favorite memories of all time when we were playing rank play, and our friend was 0-10 going into round 11, and then he hit a two-piece of the PO6 and screamed him the best in the game and finished the game 2-11, and, and we won. That is one of my favorite memories of all time. Yep. <laughs> that map holds a special place, and I loved it. I know people are going to hate that pick, but I love that map. I like that pick. Yeah. All right, were you... This is the probably the most interesting pick of the series because you could pick ctf you could pick control um you could pick blitz i guess you could pick dom if you really want to you could pick uplink like there are a lot of choices in different games you can go to yeah man i, I don't know i want to pick both let's <laughs> um, <laughs> capture the flight in uplink they're so good but i will i will go with an uplink I can I can pick fringe uplink right. Yep, that was played. Yeah, I'm gonna pick that just because me and our we we always like sit in the custom games and do the wall run shots from over yeah. like, the bar and all that stuff. Perfecting per- it, yeah. Yep, perfecting the craft. That's why I, I, I'm picking that. Man, you pick fringe uplink. I was like really strongly considering picking fringe S and D. We might have gone the full fringe route. <laughs> um, it's a good map. <laughs> It's a really good map. And for a jump lake was very fun. Um, I just saw a clip the other day of like the crim. I think it was against Envy. He had like a crazy route that he took and ran on the side of the house and hit a one pointer to beat Envy and like win it Orlando. I think it was. Um, and that reminded me of fringe. And then I got a smile on my face just thinking of the great map that it is. I'm going for a first non Treyarch map, though, in okay. the sixth pick here for my, my map three. I have to go uplink because of how positively we always talk about uplink. But I'm not going with a Treyarch map. I'm going to Advanced Warfare. Maybe a map you don't know as well, but if you saw the picture of it, you know it's the the map that we always laugh at the clip of Haggy putting his mic back on. 
Very small oh, map. Detroit Uplink. Okay. Um so many great moments in tournaments on that map. It's a, a pretty small map, super chaotic. It's like where a lot of people's um love for uplink comes from. There's like Detroit, I think yeah, I'm, if I'm thinking the right map, it was either comeback or or no, comeback is IW, I think. Um, I think it's retreat, maybe. I can't think of the map. Oh, I can't think of what map it is, but Detroit is like a great uplink map. A lot of people rate it as the best uplink map of all time or right up there. It's pretty small, tight quarters, a lot of legendary moments. And um, I believe there's like a nade chat legendary moment of him, like not being able to talk. because He's laughing so hard in like a scrim or something. Um, but Detroit uplink, excellent mode. And we always talk about how much we love uplink. So we both had to pick it for our map three. Yeah. Uplink was just oh. superior. Even though yeah. capture flag's really good too. We need them to, you know, just get jetpacks in the game for game threes. I'd be down. Yeah. All right, where are you going, map four? You gonna stray away from Treyarch or are you just gonna stick on the Treyarch train? I'm going I'm straying away from Treyarch right now. Oh god, I know what you're gonna pick. first hard point was very mixy. We're going even more mixy. <laughs> no. We're going bow cage on <laughs> hard point on Vanguard. Uh, Map four. I knew, I knew you were gonna do it and just cause a an absolute chaos for people listening right now. Oh I man. I love that map. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. How could you how could you not love that map? Just run, run, run. <laughs> for a non pro player, it is an incredibly fun map because you just run at people. It's all you do. Yeah. There's no thoughts, you just run and kill. It's like you're playing pubs and ranked. You're like forty and thirty, forty five and twenty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely a fun map, though. Maybe unless you're a pro, like you said. Yeah, I I, I respect the pick because, once again, it is you're just running at people. And for any of you, that's also something that we could talk about, like a, a streams in the future or some kind of like gameplay videos ever being on the channel. But for any of you that uh, don't know Brock's playstyle that haven't been here when we talked about it, Brock just chows. That's Brock's playstyle, oh, whether he's on a sub or an AR, Brock just chows everything. He plays a lot like the Optic Dynasty boys did where they were just not scared of anybody, and he just chows. So Bowcage is the map for Brock, because there's no... Really, there's no wrong chow on that map, because there's not a such thing as like flipping spawns terribly or anything, except for maybe a couple hills. Mm-hmm. So that's why Brock loves Bowcage. And honestly, who couldn't love Bowcage if you're not a pro, just because of the fact that, like, if you like running around, you yeah. just get to run at people on that map. Yeah, overall engagements, too. Yeah. Through the roof. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with a really controversial take here for map four. And I think you're going to be like, man, I almost wish I would have picked that when I say it because our team was unstoppable at this map in oh, black ops oh. four. And that is seaside hard point. Oh, true. Um, people don't like it, uh, because of, you know, the, the comeback nature of it. But I would argue that it was one of the best spectator hard points that has ever existed in competitive call of duty because of the fact that it led to so many comebacks like the historic optic one against splice and uh, cwl vegas the first tournament of the year like this map just bred comebacks which made it exciting because as a viewer what's more exciting than a 100 point comeback and hard point that's what you want to see as a viewer yeah you want to see like crazy comebacks as it leads for those crazy moments in the crowd screaming so this map was incredible for comebacks um like I said, our team in ranked play, I swear to God, we had to win this map 200 times in a row because it felt like we literally never lost this map, which probably contributes more to my love of it. But I loved playing Seaside Hardpoint. I would just get loose of the SOG and I would just get lost um, in that little like barrels section of, of the map over there. By oh, yeah. yeah, the barrels. 
I would just get lost over there. And in church, I would just get lost and run around up top, kill the guy up there, just keep weaseling my way around, jump out the top window as they're hitting the front, flank, three-piece. I was just running around rampant with the SOG in that map. Mm-hmm. That That's a good shout. We were definitely really good at, at that. And we would never lose that map. It was like that. We loaded into that map. We knew it was a free win. Yeah. All right. Where are you going? Map five to round it out. Save your best S&D for last. Should I go to Vanguard again? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. Not for S&D. <laughs> I'm kidding. But Tuscan was a good one. Not bad. Yeah. Early Tuscan before the spawn change was better. Yeah. But I've decided already. I'm going with Black Ops 4. Arsenal search for the I, fact that for the fact that the, the snipers sniping on that long alley. Yep, I had the rattiest play with one of our friends that worked every time one round when we really needed it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yep, that one side I just lay down basically outside the map, let them all run by me, free three piece on the bomb. Yep, literally, it's a cube around for sure. That's a good shout, though. Arsenal S and D was very fun. Arsenal in general was very fun. Yeah, it was. It was kind of big, but it was fun. It was really fun for all. Hardpoint was fun in that map. Uh, control was even pretty good in that map. Yeah, control was fun for that map because you know maybe some specialists helped with that. Yeah, specialists were like a key to breaking the tempest. Was always so big to break that outside point. I always forget over time what what was A and what was B, but they were always big to break that. Legend uh, again, pain for optic fans. Legendary control moment where. Kenny beat Karma. I think it was Kenny. Or was oh. it Enable? One of them beat Karma in the 1v1. I think it was Kenny. Yeah. Um, that's in a good the, pick, in though. In the middle area. Yeah. I would love to play your series overall. Frequency, Hardpoint, love it. Stronghold, S&D, love it. Fringe, Uplink, I love it. Bocage, Hardpoint, just chal everything. And Arsenal, S&D, that's good. I have to give a shout-out to Black Ops 2, though. It's wild that neither of us have picked it yet. Between Raid and Standoff. But since you left Raid on the board, I'm just going to go with the prototypical what most people call the best competitive map of all time. And I'm just going to go raid S and D for map five. Cause you just can't go wrong with a black ops Two raid S and D. Yep. Literally it is. It is very, very, very good. It is probably objectively the best map for competitive COD ever. Mm-hmm. If you went through a poll, it's probably would be the highest voted map. Yeah. Of all time. It's just, it's an all time great map. It'll work in every game ever. Um, and it just works out really well. So some good series there. You went with Frequency, Hardpoint, Stronghold S&D, Fringe Uplink, Bocage Hardpoint, which sounds so weird with all these great maps. Uh, and then Arsenal S&D. Then I had Fringe HP, Redwood S&D, Detroit Uplink, Seaside Hardpoint, and Raid S&D. So some good series. Now you want to jump over to the Mount Rushmore of Guns and then wrap it up? Ooh, yes. I would so, love to do that. I'll leave this up to you. I can go two ways with it. Since we do talk competitive so much, do we want to make this just Mount Rushmore of your favorite guns, just strictly competitive all time? Or do you want to do all guns across all modes, um, including like zombies? Which one? Well, we can do uh, we can do competitive guns. Okay. So strictly guns that were used in competitive. And that could include like uh, maybe the meta pistol or the meta sniper, like stuff like that could be included if you really want to include like the BO4 Paladin because you loved using it or something. Yeah. I could include those. So you went first. I'll I'll pick first this time. The first gun for competitive, I feel like I have to pick because I know you'll pick it on me otherwise and I really want it. Okay. Uh, 
is the VMP from Black Ops 3. Ah. Because that is probably, arguably, both of our favorite guns, or both of our... Both of us probably have it on our Mount Rushmore of our favorite competitive guns. Yeah. So I have to steal it, because otherwise I know you'll take it on me. So I'm going for the VMP from Black Ops 3. They murdered my baby, though, because they, like, after the game, nerfed that thing, and it has so much recoil now, and it kind of sucks now. So if you ever go back and try to play Black Ops 3, the VMP like sucks now. So those of you that didn't play it in its time and think that that gun sucks, man, that gun is that gun was elite during Black Ops 3. That gun was something else. So fun and 40 bolts in the clip. You could spray and oh my god. Uh, Yep. Iron sights were just really good as well. Oh man. Some of the cleanest iron sights ever. Yep. Where are you going? Pick one. I'm going with the Maddox from Black Ops 4. <laughs> good pick. It's a good pick. Maybe the maybe the best gun in competitive history. Yeah, potentially. Literally a do-it-all gun. Yeah, could gun the main AR of the game and could also gun the sub of the game from up close. Yeah. Um, You go Maddox, Black Ops 4. I've got to take the other gun from Black Ops 4 that I loved. I'm going SMG heavy to start. I got to take the SOG. Okay. Black Ops 4 post patch at the end of the year when they actually pre-patch? made it good. <laughs> no, pre patch that thing was awful before it became hit scan. Then end of the year hit scan. I literally felt like I was walking on water on the map with that thing towards the end of that game. Yeah. That gun was so good. Like mm-hmm. you would just fry. And we had a, another guy we played with one of our friends that played even faster than I did in that game. And he would just run in front of me and the two of us would just go wreak havoc. And every kill we didn't get, you would just pick up with a Maddox and we were rolling. That is. I think actually overall the SOG is probably my favorite gun ever to use for the SMGs at least, even over the the VMP. But the reason I picked VMP first is because I I thought you might take it. I mean, I didn't think you'd take the SOG. Yeah. I didn't go go SOG that much, really. God, it was so fun to use. I think it was even more fun than the VMP, like I said. Uh, What do I do here? Hmm. I'm trying to think real quick. All right, we'll do it. The Black Ops Two SM MSMC. That's a that's a great one. I would have potentially picked it if you didn't. Kind of like almost like an early version of a SOG. They kind of remind me. They're just like the shape of the gun and everything. Yeah, kind of remind like, me of each other a little bit. It's like a little a little bigger. SOG. Yeah. Shot a little slower too, maybe, but just you can. I can just I can literally hear the sound of the gun in my head right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all-time great gun. Pubs, excellent, competitive, excellent. Just, just a great gun. It was even like sometimes out of the meta here that people would use like the Scorpion and stuff like that in that game. But yeah, the MSMC Bo2. It's like the first submachine gun I can really. It's like the submachine gun that made me fall in love with using an SMG in competitive. Yeah, it was just so good, and it was the first time I kind of started to understand what roles really were in in competitive play like that. So good. Oh, where do I go here? I'm trying to think of like all the games that I've really enjoyed to play competitively. Like I can't pick anything from this past year. Nothing really makes me want to pick it from Vanguard. Um, I did enjoy the automaton and pubs in Vanguard for a while, but competitive. eh. Um, I do like the, the AK 74U from cold war. That gun was so good. Yep. Kind of going back further. IW. There's nothing I really want to choose. AW, there's the two obvious picks. 
I feel like I have to choose Black Ops 3 because I've talked about it so much. I have to I think I have to choose an unpopular pick and take the Man of War. Because in it Black is. Ops 3, really, when I when I was a main AR to start the year we played, like I was the off meta dude that was using the Man of War from day one when everybody else was using the M8, and then people started to come around to it. But I was on the Man of War train all year while everybody's using the M8. Mm-hmm. I no, love definitely. that gun. Yeah, definitely a, a good gun. Good shot. It shredded like three bullets. Boom, dead. Yeah. Man. All right. Which do I pick? Hmm. All right, I'm gonna do it. Black Ops Two M8. Damn, that was my next pick. I was gonna pick it next. I was trying to think of either that one from Black Ops Two or Black Ops Three one. Yeah, I think you might make me go to the Black Ops 3 one because I was trying to think, thinking of other Black Ops 2 weapons and like I could say the AN-94, but that's not one of my favorite weapons, so I don't really want to say it. The MA-B02 was my, my next one. MA-A1, I feel like I might have to go with the MA-A7 now and go Black Ops 3. I think that's what I'm going to do. My other favorite competitive gun, that's crazy. You can all tell that my, my favorite game is Black Ops 3 because I'm going to go with the MA-8 from Black Ops 3. That's the other one on my list. Um, you did. I would say though, like probably, I would replace like the M8 with like the Maddox on my own list if I could just do my own favorites. And it would probably actually be my top four favorite guns to use: the Sog, the VMP, the Man of War, and the Maddox would probably be like my top four if I could just steal the Maddox from you. So I got pretty close. Yeah, to what my four favorites are. Mm-hmm. All right, where are you going with your last pick? Oh, I want to. I want to pick this gun so bad because I play the game a lot, but I, don't, I just don't feel like I should. I was thinking you might pick a sniper at some point, or like a random pistol or something. Nah, the only separate. Yeah. I mean, the one I really only used a lot was the Black Ops Four one, Paladin. But yeah. I was thinking maybe you got like an RK5 out of the left field, Black Ops 3 pistol. All right, I'm going out of left field. It could be controversial. The Vanguard Automaton. <laughs> you love that thing shooting so fast. Yeah, it is shot for you too. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, it, it aims for you and everything, you know. But I mean, you can't knock it. If you fried with it, there's a reason you love it. Like, I think like you get like somebody like random. Oh, I was about to say you got somebody random like Zinny that loves um like a R from World War Two where it's like nobody oh, yeah. ever call it like the greatest weapon. I'm switching. So you already took the M8. I don't want to be boring. I'm taking the PPSH from World War Two. I loved using that gun, even though people oh, hate that game. That that that's that is a good gun. I love using that gun. It actually reminded me a lot of the Cold War seventy four U in like a weird way. It was like kind of a do it all SMG that was good from range. Mm-hmm. I loved using the PPSH in that game. Yeah. Yeah, I picked the Vanguard Automaton. But Cold War, the AK-74 was pretty good, as, along with yeah. the Craig. The auto was fun to use, though. It's not a bad pick for, like, if you enjoyed playing that game and enjoyed that gun, it's not a bad pick. Yeah. I don't know. To me, the auto, it, it just felt good to shoot, obviously. And it just, I, I just liked how it looked and how it can move around with it. Yeah. Um, it was like it was like a just a, like a lower a worse ver- worse mobility version of a Maddox. Yeah, that that annoying like jump delay and that gun though killed me to start the year. You like couldn't shoot when you jump. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. That annoyed me really bad until I got used to it. Um, yeah. So your final Mount Rushmore, your picks, you went Maddox, MSMC, the BO2 M8, and then the Vanguard Automaton. And I went with the the BMP, the SOG, the Man of War, and the PPSH. Um, pretty good, pretty good choices there. There's uh, all, honestly, all eight guns, the four from yours and the four from mine guns, I love to use. Um, I even love to use the the automaton as well. So it's yeah. a pretty good list there. Uh, drop your list down below of uh, your ideal series. Obviously, you're not picking against anyone, so you can take any five maps you want. Um, and then also drop your your thoughts below on our our guns list. Which one do you like better? Which one features more of your favorite guns? And drop your own Mount Rushmore of your four favorite competitive guns. Maybe we'll see somebody that was a sniper drop their four favorite snipers or something. So drop those below. Um, that's pretty much it for this one, though, Brock. Unless you got anything else you want to talk about. Um, I was gonna say if I had an honorable mention, I would give it to a Black Ops Four Paladin. Yeah, I was actually thinking about like the RK Five from Black Ops Three was like my honorable mention. I love that little sidearm pistol. That thing was so good. Mm-hmm. It, it it definitely shredded. There were like points uh in that game, like on on fringe in like the double windows room in middle map. Like if you were an AR running an M8. You were better off in that room if you were like playing a corner and like playing your life there. You were better off to just have your pistol out because it was better from that short range than any AR was. Yeah, that thing fried. You could one burst if you hit it correctly, and like it was, it shot super fast if you didn't hit that whole first burst and everything. Like that RK five and Black Ops three was insane. The best pistol of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. Unless you're a simp from BO four, then you might go yeah. to strife because he was different <laughs> with that strife at champs. Yeah. <laughs> That was like that. That's why, like, I hate the RK. Was like the RK seven Garrison. I think it was called in Black Ops Four. Yeah, I literally hate that gun because it gave me PTSD. Of like Black Ops Two, the B two three R was like a really good burst pistol, and then the RK five came out in Black Ops Three, and it was like even better. And then it was like, oh my god, we got the RK seven. Like, this is my favorite pistol ever. Is the RK five? Like, yes, the RK seven. And then I swear that thing sucked. Yeah, it was definitely it wasn't it very bad, good. but. It was nowhere near its two predecessors in the the B23R and the RK5. Yeah. Maybe if it was a uh, 100 health, it'd be better than 150 in that game. True. Could have maybe felt better or something like that. Yeah. You're not wrong there. Yeah. Um I got nothing else left. You ready to wrap it up? Yeah, got nothing else. All right. So that's going to do it for this one. If you guys enjoyed Leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Like I said, drop your your series down below. Drop your favorite weapons down below. If you want to list your pubs list or your across all game modes and like zombies list, um, drop that down below too. I'd be interested to see what people think about that and see if we can get some zombies guns in there because I, I enjoy my zombies. Thunder gun, because I was a Kino person back in the day. Thunder gun, my mm-hmm. favorite zombies weapon I can think of. Um, apart from the bows on Darius and Drock. Um, Drop those down below. I'm interested to hear them. We'll see you guys next week with that special episode. We still have that planned. If anything changes, um, we'll let you know when we hop on the episode next week. But we do have something special planned for next Monday. So looking forward to that. Um, Thank you guys so much for watching. And we will see you in the next one.